you have your Bibles this morning, I ask you to turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we're going to read from verse 9 uh, through to verse 16. I believe the Lord uh, has been speaking um, across the world. The Spirit of God has been raising up a voice, and I believe it's important just over these last days, I've really sought to try and seek in and shut in with the Lord to hear his voice. There are many voices. There are many voices, but I want to hear, and we want to hear what the Spirit is truly saying to the church at this time. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we're going to read from verse 9, and that is the title of the message this morning. What is the Spirit saying to the church? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we're going to read from verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. So we're reading here that there are things that have been prepared for us, and it is revealed unto us by the Spirit of God, the deep things of God. Verse 11, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? So now we see the Spirit of God bringing the revelation and now Paul instructs of the Spirit of man. Even so, he says, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now what we want to understand here at the beginning of this message is that the Spirit of man cannot bring the revelation of the deep things of God. And so there are many, many voices in this world at this present time. There are voices from the political realm. There are voices from the religious realm. There are voices from the entertainment world. We've seen the headlines of this whole thing that's going on last night. This one world global citizenship coming together to entertain the world. We see the voices coming even from within the church there are many voices, and those are of the human spirit. But there is a voice, and it's the Spirit's voice revealing to us the deep things of God, and that's the voice that we must be interested in and hear. There are many voices that we are hearing day in and day out. We are hearing all the voices of the human spirit, the wisdom of man. But what is crucial for us in this time is that you and I hear the Spirit of God speak into our hearts. We have not received, verse 12, not the Spirit of the world. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. Thank God if we're saved this morning, we have the Spirit of God in our lives that we might know that there might be a revelation, the things that are freely given to us of God. 
Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Now we're, we're being led here by Paul into a place of receiving the revelation, the teaching of God, the voice of God. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. So so many of these voices that we're hearing are the natural voices of men. Even, even within the broader church context, I'm not interested in the conspiracy theories. I'm not interested in the hocus-pocus of what is coming forth. I want to know what God is saying. The Spirit of the Lord is speaking into our hearts, into your life, and into my life. But the natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit. They are foolishness unto him, verse 14. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judge of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we, brothers and sisters, have the mind of Christ. What is the Spirit saying to the church? What is God saying in the midst of this crisis? We need to hear God. We need to hear the Spirit of God. We need to hear the Lord speak. Our good shepherd, my sheep, Hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. We need to hear. We must hear the voice of the Spirit of God speaking. In Revelations chapter 2 and 3, we know there in that those great chapters about the seven churches of Asia Minor. Now I want to bring you to them for a moment and go through these verses. If you don't mind, they are well known. You probably know them by heart. But I believe it's important to stress this morning, and I believe this is the Lord speaking. I've sought to shut in with God to hear what He would say to us. But in Revelation and chapter 2, He speaks to uh, the church at Ephesus. Those seven churches are seven literal churches that existed in Asia Minor uh, that Paul would have visited that area, preached the gospel with signs and wonders following. These are seven churches that Jesus Christ had a message to each one of those churches individually. Now, why that's important for us is that God had a specific message. Jesus had a specific message for each of those churches. There is the corporate sense of the voice of God speaking to the church worldwide. But what God is saying to the church in Ireland, for example, that might be slightly different or totally different to what God is speaking to the church in India, what God is speaking to the church in China might be different to what he is speaking to the church in America. There is a common theme because he's the Holy Spirit preparing one bride, one body. But here there are seven churches in seven cities with seven specific messages to each church. 
And understanding that and depending on your end time theology, what we do commonly agree on is these are seven churches that Jesus had a message specifically for each one. I believe that prophetically they're a representation of the church age. And so it's important that when we look at them that we can learn from them and we can understand the heart of God. Now in Revelation chapter 2, that first church, that church at Ephesus, if you turned to verse uh, 7 of Revelation chapter 2, these are the words of Jesus. He instructs that first church. He tells them uh, and points out the areas and the message that he brings. But he ends in verse 7. He says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said to the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. In Revelation chapter 2 and verse 11, speaking to the church at Smyrna, he said these words as he finishes, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. We read in Revelation 2 and verse 17, to the church at Pergamos, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, to him that overcometh while I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. Then we read again in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 29, the church at Thyatira, he says, He that hath an ear, verse 29, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Then we read in Sarnas in Revelation 3 and verse 6. And I know we're following this this morning, but it's important that we do. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And then he closes with the seventh church, the church of the Laodicean. And says in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 22, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit, capital S, saith unto the churches. This was a message delivered by the Holy Spirit of God, by Jesus, who Jesus instructed the Spirit of God to bring the message that was in the very heart of God to each of these churches. And each message he closed with this phrase, He that has an ear, let him hear. What the Spirit is saying unto the churches. We must have an ear that hears what the Spirit of God is saying in these days. There is much, as I've stressed already, there is much of the human spirit and the human wisdom that is being voiced. Could I say it? Even from some church pulpits, there is a lot of humanism. What man thinks what politicians think, what those medical experts think, they're not necessarily wrong in their field. But what we as the church of Jesus Christ must hear is what is God, the Holy Spirit, what is Jesus saying to his bride, to his church at this time of crisis? And I I want to tell you, friend, that God is speaking The Holy Spirit is speaking to hearts. The wonderful thing about the Holy Spirit, this is a wonderful thing that he speaks in every language across this world. 
whatever dialect, whatever tribe, or whatever tongue, or wherever we are from, that the Holy Spirit speaks in every language to every life. If you have an ear to hear, you'll hear what the Spirit of God is saying. This phrase, he that has an ear, let him hear, is first mentioned in the book of Ezekiel. And I'd ask you to go back this morning to this book because this book is very similar to the day in which we're living in. It is very similar to the church of the Laodicean, that Laodicean age that had that had much in material goods, but they had rejected God and they were now under the judgment of God. Like in Ezekiel's day, Israel had rebelled against God and they were brought into captivity. And it's important as we just go back for a moment. I believe the Lord's going to speak very clearly to us over this week and next week and these Sunday mornings. There is a word that I believe the Lord has put on my heart and I know it will be voiced abroad across this world because it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit speaking. What we find here in Ezekiel, if we go back to chapter 1 for a moment, that brings us up into this phrase when it is first used. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We see Ezekiel has been carried away in the midst of the crisis and the judgment of God. There are many reasons people are saying that we have this virus sweeping the earth. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, very clearly, from the principle of God's word, this is the judgment of God on the nations of the world. They have forgotten God. They have turned from God. They have, they have made void his laws. And now we see the consequences of turning away from God that is sweeping across our nations. Jesus says in those last days there'll be famines, there'll be pestilence. And listen very carefully then. He says there'll be earthquakes in diverse places. So if we understand from Scripture, the fulfillment of Scripture, we'll see that these things will begin to unfold. The pestilence are coming. At the beginning of this week, I read an article that there's a disease that's sweeping through the olive trees, uh, olive trees of Europe and Spain and Italy, and it's destroying the trees. Up to 50 billion pounds could be, could be, could be wasted as that disease spreads through. We also read during the week that the western states of the United States of America are about the experience that's been working towards this, a mega drought, not just a drought, but a mega drought. But in the Bible, Jesus says that these things will come to pass. There'll be pestilence and then there'll be earthquakes. Earthquakes will come. There'll be earthquakes. There'll be financial crisis. This is what the Bible instructs us will take place. What is the Spirit of God saying? When Israel had rebelled against God, when they'd rebelled against Him, He brought judgment upon them. They were carried away into captivity. Ezekiel, one of the prophets, was carried away with Israel. They were in the midst of the crisis. The prophets did not hide themselves away, but God would send them into the midst and raise the voice up within the crisis. There were many that hide themselves away, not just in this time of isolation. But there are many today that lock themselves away in their homes and never engage, 
never come out of their homes to engage the world with the voice of God, to preach the gospel. And brothers and sisters, this is about the change. The Spirit of God is speaking into the hearts of His church today because we're in the last times. Ezekiel's carried away in that Babylonian captivity. And that rebellion had brought the judgment of God because of sin. Now listen, this is why it came. It was because of sin. It was because they turned from God. It's because of their sin that God would bring a judgment upon them. God had a word in the midst of that crisis. In the midst of all that was happening. And in the midst of our crisis today. There is a word from the throne of God. God has a word for the nations. God has a word for our communities. God has a word for our loved ones. God has a word for our families and our work colleagues. And you're raised up in the midst of this crisis. You as an individual. God wants you to hear what he's saying. And he wants you to speak what he reveals into your heart. Just like here in Ezekiel's day. In Ezekiel chapter 1. We read here at the opening and the, as it were, God apprehending Ezekiel in the midst of the crisis. And God is apprehending his church in the midst of the crisis. He's, he's drawn his people to himself. This begins in chapter one with a vision. The first thing that happens with Ezekiel is that he has a vision. He's a vision of the glory. And the holiness of God. God reveals to him. His eyes see. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 29 and 18. That without vision. Then the people perish. And how important it is. That the church of Jesus Christ has a vision. They have vision. Ezekiel begins with a vision of the glory of the Lord. He sees God's glory. He sees God's holiness. You read the chapter. And it just springs out and the, the language used he's he's nearly describing what you cannot describe he sees the awesome glory of almighty god and in that glory what you find is that in verse 26 of ezekiel chapter 1 i want to read these last few verses of this chapter to set this scene this morning it says and above the firmament that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne and the appearance of a sapphire stone, and upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness as the appearance of a man upon it. Here Ezekiel has a vision of the glory of God. And what is that glory? He sees a man on a throne. That man is Jesus Christ. That's the eternal Son, the pre-incarnate God. The pre-incarnate Jesus, before he came to this earth and flesh and was born of a virgin, Ezekiel gets a, a revelation and a vision of Jesus Christ. Oh, that the church again would have a revelation of Jesus Christ on the throne. Thank God this morning that Jesus Christ, he has come into this world, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on a cruel cross for you and for me and for every man and woman on this planet. And on the third day, he rose again triumphant. And today he's ascended up and seated at the right hand of God. He had a vision of a man on a throne. Oh, that God would anoint the eyes of the church of Jesus Christ. 
that we would see our Savior, Jesus, the eternal Son, on the throne of God this morning. He got a glimpse as it were, of the glory of God. He's seen the man up in the glory. That is Jesus. And it says, And I saw as the color of amber, and as the appearance of fire round about and within him, from the appearance of his loins even upward, and from the appearance of his loins even downward, I saw as it were the appearance of fire, and it had brightness round about it. The fire of God the, speaks of the holiness of Almighty God. Our God is a holy God. And here Ezekiel sees, this is the beginning. You know, this is so important. We're speaking about what is the spirit saying to the church. But before we have something to say, we must get a revelation of this Christ again. It says in verse 28, as the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of the rain. So was the appearance of the brightness round about. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. He sees the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has a revelation of who this man is. He sees the Lord up in the glory. His eyes are open. He's in wonder. He can barely, I could say it this morning, he can barely grasp it or take it in or write it down what he's expressing. But here he he brings to us under the inspiration of the Spirit, this man that he's seen up in the glory. As he sees this vision, I want you to listen very carefully this morning because I know God has put this to bring this to your heart this morning. And God has been speaking to mine also. But as he has a revelation of the glory of the Lord, as he sees the man up in the glory, You'll note that it ends in chapter 1 when he has a revelation of God's glory. And when I saw it, this is what it says, I fell upon my face and I heard a voice of one that spake. Listen, brothers and sisters, if we this morning are desiring to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church at this time. We need a revelation again of Jesus Christ. A fresh revelation of the man up in glory. But when that revelation comes, you note, you note here Ezekiel, when he sees the glory of God, when he sees the man up in the glory, it tells us that he fell on his face. I want to tell you this is crucial this morning. This is crucial for us to hear what the Spirit is saying. We see that he fell upon his face. He bowed himself. We see the essential, the essential part of hearing the Spirit of, voice, of, the, of the Lord into our hearts is here a picture of humility before the throne of grace. Here's a man, Ezekiel, seeing the man up in the glory, the glory of God, the fire and the holiness of God. And he fell, he fell upon his face. Oh God, this morning that we would fall on our faces. Oh God, forgive us for our arrogance and our pride. Forgive us for our boasting. Forgive us, Lord, for all that we have made it. Lord, we bow before your throne of grace. We bow before your awesome presence. We bow before your glory. There is a man in the glory, and his name is Jesus. 
Here, if we really want to hear what the Spirit is saying, we must go down. We must decrease. We must get ourselves down into a place where God can speak to us. Here we see the humility. He saw the glory of God. He fell upon his face and he heard the Spirit of the Lord speaking. He humbled himself. The key to hearing what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you, to me, to my home, to your home, what God is speaking into our churches, what God is speaking to this church, the key to us hearing the Spirit of the Lord is to shut out all the human voices from the human spirit and to shut ourselves in with the voice of God and the glory of the Almighty that we would hear what the Spirit is saying. He humbled himself. If you go back for a moment, we'll be coming back into Ezekiel. But can you go back into Revelation for a moment? In Revelation chapter 3, and the Lord showed me this. You may have heard it many times before, but it came to me afresh as the Lord was dealing with me in this message. But in Revelation chapter 3, we read again of this end time church. We have been hearing for years most of my life I've heard preaching on the church of the Laodicean, likening this church to the day in which we're living, that the Western church in particular is a representation of this church found in Revelation chapter 3. I believe that. I believe that to be true. How many times have you heard it preached about the church of the Laodicean? How many times have you heard it likened to the Western church today, increased with goods, increased with material possessions? but yet they're in great need and they don't see it. And it's been likened to the church of which we are a part. Well, in this, I believe the Lord just showed me something simple. And we want to hear the Spirit speak. You know, that wonderful verse that we use so often, I believe it's right to use it in Revelation 3 and 20. It's the Lord standing at the door. Remember the verse, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man hear... If someone would hear my voice, he's speaking to the church. He's speaking to a people. He's speaking to an end time church. He's speaking to the church, I believe, of the Western world. If any man hear my voice, if someone will hear my voice, if someone will hear the voice of the Spirit of God, Jesus speaking into our lives, then we see as Ezekiel fell on his face. I believe the whole act of opening the door is an act of humility because what we're saying at that moment is, Jesus, we need you to come. We need you to come into the church again. We need you to come in to be the center of our lives. Lord, forgive us. It's an act of humility that the man would bow to his knee and open the door and say, Jesus, we need you to come in. We need you to sup with us. We need you to come to be the center of our lives, of our homes, of our business, of our church again. It's an act of humility as he opens the door and says, Lord, we need you. He's standing at the door. 
And he's knocking. If any man hear my voice. You know last week he appeared. In that upper room. He didn't knock the door. He simply appeared. And I've often heard it said. I believe it to be true as well. That here he stands. As the gentle saviour. Long suffering. Patient and waiting. But the reason why he wouldn't enter in. This is what the Lord just put on my heart. The reason why he wouldn't enter the room. Is because he tells us that he resists the proud, but he does give grace to the humble. He'll not be part of it. He'll not be in it. He will not enter into that place until someone would bow their knee, open the door and say, Jesus, we need you to come again. We need you to come to be the center of our lives. We have left you on the outside. We have had church without Jesus. We have had church without this Christ for too long. We have had all the things and all the materials and all the activities, but you haven't been part of it. We have boasted in our material possessions. We have boasted in our material goods. We have boasted in our grand cathedrals and great buildings. We have boasted in all the activities and the humanitarian efforts that we do. But it's a church without Jesus. It's a church without Christ. It's a church without the cross. And the Spirit is saying, is there a man? Is there a woman? Is there a boy? Is there a girl? That would open the door and say, Jesus, would you come again? We have replaced, we have replaced the house of prayer. You know it with a house of pleasure. We have replaced the preaching of God's word with philosophical nonsense. We have replaced worship and spirit and the truth with entertainment and a commercial business. We have replaced evangelism with self-help programs. We have replaced so much in the church and we have had church without Jesus and Jesus is knocking at the door and as Ezekiel bowed his face to the floor in humility, he's about to hear the voice of God and we want to hear the voice of the Lord. If we want to hear the Spirit of the Lord speaking into our hearts, we got to open the door. we got to buy. we got to get on our faces again. People have been sending those wonderful clips around from Brazil and other places in Kenya and Ghana or so forth of men and women in the streets crying out to God for mercy not too proud to get on their knees and intercede in the middle of a busy street. But we're so, we're so traditionalized. We're so stiff-necked. We're so perfect in all our ways and all our increase. Men won't get on their faces and cry to God. Oh, that we'd open the door. Oh, that we'd open the door. We'd bow our knee and say, Jesus, come in. Jesus said to this church, and you want to hear it very clear this morning. Jesus said these words to that church. Let us see a church. Here's my message. You're increased with goods. You have everything. You've had church without Jesus. But I want to tell you this morning, this is the heart of God. This is the heart of God this morning. He said to that church that he was not welcoming. He said, I love you. That's what he said. He said to them, I love you. That's the heart of God this morning. He said, I love you somewhere along the line. 
You have put me on the outside, but I still love you. And he said to them, would you repent with zeal this morning? Be zealous. Be quick. Be fervent. Make repentance this morning. Get the door open and invite the Lord in. Oh God, this morning will we hear the voice. Will we hear him as we fall on our face in humility? The Bible tells us that the humble, that the humble shall hear You know, unless there's a humility, unless there's a repentance in the church, are we seeing what's happening? We're hearing it from him and her and what they say and what maybe they're saying over here and over there and in that place and in this place and in that church and in that part of the world. But I believe what God's speaking to this part of the world is that there must be repentance in the church. There must be a repentance in the church. We must get the door open for Jesus to come. There must be a repentance before the throne of grace. Then we see in Ezekiel, when he fell on his face, he has a revelation of the glory of the Lord. He falls on his face in Ezekiel chapter 2. And verse 1, it says these words, And he said unto me, Son of man, stand upon thy feet, and I will speak to thee. You know, once once we see him in that revelation of of the Lamb upon the throne, hallelujah, then we see him on his face. You know, he's not standing, boasting and shouting. He's not standing, beating his chest. He's not looking down his nose as though he's something above everyone else. This man Ezekiel's in the crisis. He's in the reality of what's happening. He's not blowing against the virus like some of these idiots on TV. He is in his face before the throne of grace. He is in a place where God's going to raise him up. Let me tell you, friend, God is raising up you. God is raising up a people who are humble before his throne. And he's going to put his word in their hearts. And he's going to give them the word that they're going to speak into their family. The word that they'll speak into their community, into their workplace. God is looking at people that are hearing his voice. He said unto me, Son of man, Stand up on thy feet and I will speak. You know, there's a time that God says, stand up. There's a time that God speaks to the church and says, stand up. And this time is coming very soon that the church of Jesus Christ must get back up when they've repented, when they've called on the Lord with tears, when they've been zealous to repent before the throne for what we've done and repent. And then he says, stand up on your feet. There's a time coming that the church of Jesus Christ, by the instruction of the Holy Spirit, God is going to say, you stand up. And here Ezekiel stands. Son of man, you stand on your feet and I will speak to you. And then it says in verse 2, And the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me, set me up on my feet. You see, it was all by the Holy Ghost that I heard him that speak unto me. How we need the Spirit of God to come afresh, the Holy Spirit to come upon a people, but he won't come on a people that don't need him, a people that are too proud to bow their knee, to get on their face before the throne of grace. But God's about to cry and call a people onto their feet by the Spirit of God. Here we see that God was going to give him something to say. How many times 
Have you come to a place and you're saying, Lord, I want something to say. I want to hear your voice, but I don't want it to be my words. You know, that is that is the cry. We don't want it to be words. We don't want it to be cliche. We don't want it to be plastic or a facade. But Lord, give us your word by the power of the Holy Ghost. We need the word of God and we need the Holy Ghost. It tells us in verse 9 and 10, if you look at it in chapter 2, and when I looked, it says there was a hand was sent unto me, and lo, a roll of a book was therein, and it spread before me, and it was written within and without, and there was written therein lamentations, mourning, and woe, that God brought the word. And I believe this is a, this is a type of the Holy Scriptures, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he says, here's a role. Here's the word of the Lord. Here's the role. If you read in verse 3 what the Lord instructed him to do, he said, Son of man, eat thou, eat that thou findest. Eat this roll and go speak unto the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat that roll. And he said unto me, Son of man, cause thy belly to eat and fill thy bowels with this roll and I will give it thee. Then did I eat it and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. The word of the Lord was put within him, and it was like honey in his mouth. God put the word in him, and God was dealing with this prophet. God was commissioning him. God was raising him up. I tell you, friend, God, God, the Holy Spirit is speaking. God wants to give the church vision, give the church ears. But we got to get into the low place with God. And when God puts us on our feet, God's going to put his word in our mouths. You know, a word in season under the anointing of the Holy Ghost is better than a thousand cliches that we hear every day in the church of Jesus Christ. How we need the voice of God. How we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit that the Spirit of God would come upon us. That word was like honey. You know, he tells them then that you have a that you have you have to be obedient to my word. He says to the wicked, you gotta warn the wicked. You know, we've come to a day. You know, the gospel of Jesus Christ, you know, the cross is an offense. We have tried to make the cross something that's so appealing, something that's so, you know, in some ways just decorative, something that we can just sit and watch, but the cross is an offense to this world. And if we don't warn the wicked of what's happening, if we're in the last days, that Jesus is coming, that there is a heaven and there is a hell, and we don't stand up and declare and preach and proclaim, whether it's in our workplace, with the love of God in our hearts and saying, listen, here's the reality that Jesus is coming, and if you're not saved, you're lost forever. Oh God, would you bring us the reality of eternity again? You gotta warn the wicked, but he also said in verse 20 and 21 that you're to warn the righteous. You have to warn the righteous. Warn the righteous man. God's speaking to his church to get things right, to get things right in hearts. God's speaking to those in, in the body of Christ at this time. God is dealing with our hearts. The reason this is coming is because the sin of a nation. But the reason we're so powerless is because that the church is in a backslidden state and it's increased with all material possessions. Because there's thousands doing it doesn't make it right. 
And here we see God dealing with us in his mercy. Verse 23 of chapter 3, he sees the glory. He sees the glory of God and he falls in his face again. And here we see him on his face. Here's a man that knew what it was. You know, there's so much today, brothers and sisters, it's not God. It's simply not the Holy Spirit. Men that are walking around and claiming all, all great things about the Holy Spirit has brought a terrible, a terrible grievance to the heart of God. It's tarnished the gospel and the reality of the baptism in the Holy Ghost. But then again, the Spirit of the Lord enters into his heart. And God speaks to him clearly when the Spirit sets him upon his feet again. And this is what the Lord said in verse 24. I'm closing just in a few minutes. He says, go, shut thyself within thy house. He says to the man, and I believe what God is doing at this time, God is raising up a people. People are being shut into their house. People are seeking the Lord. People are humbling themselves. Houses are getting right. Marriages are getting right. Lives are being renewed. Oh, praise the Lord. There's a renewing. There's a repentance. And the Lord says, shut yourself in your house. He says, there'll be a time here. There'll be opposition. They'll bind you. They'll do all manners of things. And God says, but you'll be dumb. You'll not be able to speak. You know, we're in a time, as far as the gospel goes, that largely, I know it's through this, means that we're attempting to do it for God's glory. But largely what we're seeing is that there's been a shutting down. There was a time here that the Lord said, Ezekiel, your mouth will, your tongue will cleave to your mouth. You'll not speak. But listen very carefully. This is when this phrase comes. Verse 27. And then he says, But when I speak with thee, I will open thy mouth, and I will say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, He that heareth, let him hear. He that forbeareth or rejects, let him forbear, because they were a rebellious house. And in these last moments, I believe, of time, God is going to cause people to stand. Young people are going to stand. Older people are going to stand. The unwise, the, 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 those that are not intellectually advanced or whatever it is, but they're not standing in their own strength. We're going to stand in the power and the glory and, and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to have a thus saith the Lord. A thus saith the Lord for our homes. A thus saith the Lord for the church. A thus saith the Lord for our families. A thus saith the Lord for Ballinahids, for Belfast, for this island of Ireland. There's a thus saith the Lord. God give his ears to hear. Give us a vision that sees the glory. Give us hearts that are humble before you, nor that you'll be able to speak. Can you hear his voice? Do you hear the Spirit of the Lord speaking? Have you repented? Have you turned? Church, we must repent and get on our face before God. We must cry out to God for mercy. He'll stand us on our feet. The anointing will come. The word of the Lord will fill our hearts. We'll not have to think of what we're going to say, but we'll stand and he will anoint us and he'll fill our mouths with his word. Church, I believe the Lord has pressed this upon me that it is the pleading of God in a general sense that we've had church without Jesus for too long. 
He isn't part of it. He's not in the midst. No matter how many times we quote the verse. He's not there. He wasn't in the church of Laodicean. Even though it was the church that he loved. But they were increased with goods. Material possessions. Building our houses. Getting bigger and more money. And building all in this, the wealth of this world. And yet we left Jesus on the outside. Oh God, this morning if we hear his voice, would someone open the door and let him in? Father, this morning I pray. Lord, I believe I've said it the best that I can and confess what you have put on this heart. But oh Father, this morning we pray. Lord, would you forgive us? Oh Father, we pray this morning. We want to hear the voice. We want a vision of Calvary and your glory. We want a vision of Jesus on the throne. Lord, we fall before your throne this morning and we say, Lord, forgive us. We repent. We turn. Lord, we're asking, oh God, that Lord, even as this season would pass, Lord, that, oh Christ, you'd be the center of every home and every life and every church. Lord, we pray, would you anoint us? Give us your word to speak. Glorify your Son. Lift up the name of Jesus in this land, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord.